Hey, welcome everybody. It's the Meeple Syrup Show. It is that time of the week again, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in London, Ontario, Canada. And with me this week, we have a bunch of special guests. Count them two. Um, Dylan may pop in later if he is available. But we have today with us Andre, oh, Andre, <laughs> Andre, Andrew Christopher Enriquez. I can't do the rolling R that, uh, <laughs> that uh, our friend JR does. Well, I can, but I, I maybe I just won't. Uh, Andrew's here uh, from Texas, and we have Bob Nolan. Bob, where are you located again? Uh, Southeast Kansas. Um, Southeast Kansas. Yep. Sort awesome. of sort of between Kansas City and Joplin. Okay. I have no idea where that is. My American <laughs> geography is fairly poor. Uh, I'm sure you guys just think of Canada as America's hat, and that's okay. We're okay with that. Uh, I know <laughs> Beth is like now mocking me because I said Andre, <laughs> Andrew, I know, but I never call him Andrew. I always call him Ace. So calling him by his first name is, does, doesn't trip off my tongue. So today on the Maple Syrup Show, we are going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. We're going to be talking, well, a whole bunch of programs. How's that? We're going to be talking about uh, digital prototyping and playtesting using programs such as Tabletop Simulator, uh, programs like Tabletopia. We might get a little bit into Vassal, and then there's some new ones that we might just discuss in passing, because I don't think any of us has really seen them yet. But uh, let's get the questions started. I'm going to start with Ace. Ace, <clears throat> tell us about your experience in using digital platforms for prototyping, playtesting, and getting even, like, you're responsible for some of the DLC, the official DLC for some of the Sims, right? Yeah, so I have kind of a long history with tabletop gaming virtually, stemming from the fact that my brother and I, when we both lived in Atlanta, uh, had a game group, and then we split up. We lived in different states, and the only way to play games was to play on what's called Vassal, uh, which is Virtual Advanced Squad Leader Engine, an old, old virtual thing. It takes a million years to program a game in, but some of the games that we liked playing weren't there. So my brother and I started programming them. And a game may take us 40 hours to build there. So um, we, were, we were excited when more kind of programs came on the scene. And um, when Tabletop Simulator started, um, I immediately jumped on there and started programming on that. And it was like night and day difference. So I started building games right off the bat. And I would kind of pitch them to publishers saying, hey, I've done this work for you. If you want it to be official, like, whatever. If you want it to be private, it'll just be for me and my friends. And some of the companies kind of took that up. And um, at that point, Tabletop Simulator started offering official DLC for paid content. And I think, uh, I think there's like 15 of them now of those seven of them I built. So wow, those kind of picked up. Yeah, that's great. And um, just just as a, as a, a strange aside, does that monetize in any way? The official um, so it does monetize for the publishers. The deal, the contracts that I work out are not tied to the revenue on that. Right. Okay. Like I charge a fee for those, and then I get paid that. And you know, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That'd be right. deal. So you just though. get paid for your programming time. Correct. Correct. Okay. Cool. But um, as you did mention, I do have a published game that was designed and developed and playtested solely in Tabletop Simulator, and I do have uh, residuals on digital distribution for that. And which one is that? Just so everyone that's, knows. That's Dark Rock Ventures. 
Right. So if you guys all go and play Dark Rock Ventures uh, and get the DLC, then you'll be paying for this man's fine hat. That's what you'll be paying for. Uh, <laughs> you can get and, another hat. Yeah. And Robert, tell us about yourself. We're, you're down in Kansas, and you are a school guidance counselor. And you're also a moderator on one of the uh, simulator swap programs, I guess. Um, <clears throat> well, I was originally interested in Tabletop Simulator, um, and especially whenever Steam had a, a discount at 50% off, and I was like, oh, that's perfect for me. Um, instead of $20, I'll pay the $9, and uh, I got interested in, in using Tabletop Simulator to design. Um, <clears throat> and I saw um, Modifius Entertainment at one point, they had an advertisement for needing somebody to get uh, um, Thunderbirds out onto Tabletopia. And so I contacted them, um, and they said they hadn't had any any hits, or at least anybody that was experienced enough that they felt comfortable with. And so my, my first uh, real contract was, was working with Modifius. Mm -hmm. um, and in the meantime, I'd, I'd seen you on Facebook and Twitter and, and various other places, people looking for playtesters. And like like some of us, you know, we're, we're stuck in, in a rural area of, of the world and there's not many outlets. We don't have a local game store. And so I created the uh, um, Tabletopia Tabletop Simulator playtest group on Facebook. And <clears throat> um, it, it's, it's not a very busy group, but it's, it's busy enough. People posting every, every couple days and um, it's sort of a, a self-help and uh, a way to find playtesters. Right. And I got to tell you that... Uh... It's been fun uh, being part of that group and just passing around uh, opportunities to play other people's yeah. games digitally and to see what people are using the sim for and how creatively they're making things and how good their stuff looks compared to mine and stuff like <laughs> that. So it's, it's really nice to see that community growing and really being willing to, to play test each other's games. I think that's one of the things that, uh, that separates the board gaming community uh, from a lot of other communities where it's a little more, you know, insular. There's a lot of board game designers who really will give back to the community because they know how much the community has given them. Yeah. So this opportunity becomes even greater when we are able to digitally reach out across that big divide. Uh, just like your students are now uh, getting taught by a teacher that's 60 kilometers or 60 miles away from them, right? Mm -hmm. We can yeah. play tests with each other, even though you're in Kansas and I'm in Canada. Uh, uh, Bob, Robert and I, Bob, sorry, Bob and I uh, <laughs> just, I mean, last, maybe two weeks ago, played a pirate game together yeah. uh, where um, I almost won. Oh. I know, yeah, we were the, the ghost ship mechanics and everything. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't make really it the, game. Uh, yeah. the trail like you did, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. I find it interesting that a lot of people, and we, we may get into this um, later in the show, but a lot of people find that there's a large, there's something missing tactically when you play virtually. But when you're a developer, um, removing the barrier to playtesters from having to create a print and play, it, it's so much easier for people to playtest. And other developers who build their prototypes on Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia it's almost like trading is important because there's no barrier to them. Like if you kind of live inside that world and it's not complicated or confusing to move the mouse around or to manipulate pieces, like those people are going to have a better play test for you. So it's it's cool that there's a community that you've built around that. It's really uh, mm -hmm. it's helpful. So 
-hmm. Yeah, once you once you can really you know get around the cameras and the physics <laughs> or weird physics of the board game simulators. If you're almost like the title of this episode is Digital Natives because we think about that with our kids and that they're digital natives, really they're not. But um, we'll talk about that sometime, I guess. Uh, but once we're more comfortable in the sim, it just gets easier and easier to play. Uh, one of the things that I definitely find just off the top of the uh, of my head, when playing in the simulator, I always actually take off time from playtime. In terms of okay, the sim took us like an hour to play. It's probably like a 50, 50, 50 minute game, forty five minute game. Yeah, that totally depends on the users. Like if yeah. you have a bunch of complete um, newer people to the simulators, you almost want to add. But if you have people who all have experience, and you take it out, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I find uh, when I play because I'm very uh, um, top down person. <clears throat> I'm not very detail oriented. Uh, I like to take my, my player board or my pieces and I rotate them to the, the direction that the board is. And I don't know if you, if you remember, Sin, I took my player board and rotated it 90 degrees so it yes. faced the same way as the, the board. And then I rotated the camera around so everything that was pertinent to me was oriented the same way. That's um, just because you're selfish. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. You're not selfish at all. <clears throat> Um, so let's get into some questions. So we got some questions from the online uh, folk. Uh, John John is on, and John always asks some of the best questions. Andy is asking questions, and Dave will always ask questions. So we'll see what we got here. Uh, first question, Dave Tome asks, what is one of the largest difficulties for first-time users of this app? I'm going to go to Bob, you first. What do you think is the – in Tabletopia, let's go specifically you okay. for Tabletopia right now. and Andrew, you for uh, Sim. Okay, so biggest difficulty as a new user, either as an end user or as a programmer, what do you think it is? Um, <clears throat> for a new user, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the first thing is, is I don't want to say necessarily finding players, but it's, it's finding a, a group of players to play with. Um, I don't think the community as, of players is broadened out a lot since mm -hmm. these have, have started coming into development. And you'll see a lot of people asking about chess or checkers or um, maybe cards against humanity or something like that. And the, the, the deeper games or the more strategic games or the deeper games, there's not as big of a community to play with. Um, yeah, okay. And so, you know, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you a question? Do you find that the uh, almost free-to-play model that Tabletopia embraces for users lends itself better to finding testers or more people actually on simulator even though you have to pay per copy mm -hmm. it does now um, tabletopia um, just recently within the last four weeks um, the basic account is free and you can now invite people to participate in your games who don't have an account so I could make a game or start a game I could invite somebody to play some of the the basic games that are out there um, without them having an account so that's nice Okay. Something that Tabletopia did early on in their development when the Kickstarter was first uh, beta testing is they created a public Discord group, which is, um, if you guys are uh, accustomed to Discord, it's kind of like a group chat, but with uh, a focus and emphasis on voice. I so just the, used it yesterday. It's fun. The Discord community for Tabletopia is really strong, and there's a lot of people looking. It's just still very active, like years later. So that's something that Tabletop Simulator never did mm -hmm. um, that is kind of lacking. The Tabletop Simulator, you can go and find games that are looking for player, but 
I, I don't think I've ever done it that way. I've never looked for a rando online to play a game. I've always talked to them on Facebook or played with one of my friends or family members and said, do you want to play this game? Or even in the house, you know, we'll mm -hmm. play it on it. Yeah. And so uh, that, that's where I was leading to was um, just in my town, there's about three of us that I know um, play games and we get together in person. But if I want to play a game, you know, at nine o'clock at night, I'll just message my friend who's, you know, three miles across town and we'll get on and play, uh, you know, um, a game for a couple hours on Tabletopia. Mm -hmm. the, I, think, I think the important thing in this answer is there's not a huge difficulty for a first time user in these apps. Like, if you know how to use a computer, they're not hard to, they're very user intuitive on how to do things. I mean, it takes a minute to learn how to move the camera and, you know, how to manipulate the pieces because each app is different. Mm -hmm. But it really, like, a game or two, like spending an hour or two playing a game, you pick it up like that. There's really no yeah. barrier other than finding other people and, uh, number two, the cost, which, like you said, Tabletopia is now free, and Tabletop Simulator is usually on sale for half off or 10 bucks anyway. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can often get it in a humble bundle or something mm -hmm. uh, where you get it cheaper. Or if you buy a bunch of them, like a pack of four of them, they're usually, like, dirt Easy cheap, like five right. bucks yeah, and a copy. Yeah, and hand out the, the licenses or the keys to your buddies and mm -hmm. everybody else. Uh, so John is asking about uh, existing communities on these platforms. Uh, or do you build your own communities? I think we answered a little bit about that. Um, so one of the things that I find in Tabletop Simulator that is really actually not implemented well is the voice chat. And so we're always doing something else. And so when you mentioned Discord, that was pretty funny because the last time I used Discord was actually on Tabletop Simulator. Um, right. is, is that something that you feel should be better implemented like right into the sim as opposed to having to jump out to Skype or I, I don't think so. I don't think I think if they spend their development resources creating a better voice system, it would be a waste of their time when there's already Discord and Skype. Like who doesn't use those anyway? So for me the built-in voice chat is really only to say, hey guys, jump in Discord. Here's the server info. Or mm -hmm. jump on Skype. Here's my name. Like it, it is serviceable, but I certainly wouldn't play a game on their voice software. Right. Yeah. And de well, definitely not now. I mean, it, all it does is echo, 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 echo all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Um, so Andy, Andy is a friend of mine. Andy Jewett. He's a graphic artist, graphic designer, illustrator. He did. Uh, he does a bunch of board game work as well in terms of art. He's asking, what's the learning curve? Um, what do you think the learning curve is? on tabletop simulator compared to tabletopia i've only used simulator so i'll let you guys speak to this mm -hmm. in using it or developing on it? developing on it why don't you start robert <clears throat> okay well as i mentioned my experience was starting with tabletop simulator first and um i i did not uh, like the subscription uh, you know levels of tabletopia <clears throat> um so as a developer in tabletop simulator i i think it's more free-flowing free-form if I want to change the color of something, I can on the fly. Um, if I want to increase the size of something, if I want to, you know, reduce it, um, those types of things are much easier on on Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, um, I think that both platforms have a series of tutorial YouTube videos to watch. I think Tabletopia's is like seven videos, and if you watch all seven, they're like ten minute videos. There's like nothing stopping you from building a game. Like it's it's like maybe an hour and a half of content, 
and then you should be able to hit the ground running really easily. T-Bob Simulator, I think, is three videos. They're a little bit longer. And there's a little bit more, um, how do I say? It's Tabletopia, I think, is more user-friendly in learning how to develop, but takes much longer to actually develop on. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> there's like a lot of tips and tricks you like behind the scenes on tabletop simulator that you can use using third where a uh, third party software um, that is not really evident without you know doing some deep web searching but um once you have those tools it's it's just really quick to do right? yeah so as a hint <clears throat> for those of you who are going to be developing things in tabletop simulator there's <laughs> there's a java applet that comes with it that you have to dig for. But if you use it, it makes making cards like super fast. You just drag and drop, drag and drop, drag and drop, instead of having to make a perfectly lined up template in like Photoshop or something. And right. even that, even the JavaScript app, I don't like their built-in software. Oh, me I use I use Nandek and there is a line of script you can use to export oh, that's to Nandek a great idea, actually. Yeah. And if you know that, it's just like two lines of code and it exports perfectly <laughs> I mean, building from a spreadsheet into Tabletop Simulator is a matter of like 10 minutes if you know Nandek. So, right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher, Andre, <laughs> Andre, Andrew, sorry, I know your name, Andrew. Andrew is saying that if you know how to use uh, Nandek to take a, uh, like a CDS file, import that into Nandek, spit out the cards, and then use a line or two of scripting to lay out the cards in a grid format, then you mm -hmm. can immediately just stick that onto like Imager and get it into Tabletop Simulator really fast. It, mean, it means iteration in TTS takes like literally 10 minutes. Oh, you don't like that set of cards? You realized you forgot an icon? You go fix it in four minutes and you're done. So yeah. <clears throat> What's the difference in Tabletopia? Because I've never programmed in Tabletopia. <sighs> Tabletopia, and I'll let you take this, Robert. Well, <clears throat> um, since since I haven't done any of my personal designing in Tabletopia, because like I said I prefer in Tabletop Simulator, oh. uh, I've I've put the uh, onus out on the client. Um, they have to provide a JPEG or a, a PNG file of of the card, and it's it's fairly similar to uh, Tabletop Simulator, but you're going to choose a front and a back. Um, if you know for a single card, or choose the back for one card, and then you're going to select a bunch of files and import those in. Um, but you, you do them individual files for cards in T mm -hmm. TTS Tabletop Simulator. You import a seven by ten grid of cards at one time, and it automatically chops them up for you. So building a deck of cards is like instant. In Tabletopia, yeah. you have to individually create those cards. So if you're mm -hmm. iterating an entire deck, it takes a lot longer. Although it's very step-by-step -step easy to do, it just takes 15 times as long to do in Tabletopia. Yeah, so that's yeah. why it was nice in my experience. You know, I, I, I asked the, uh, the client to provide me the individual JPEGs, and that way I'm not required to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, so here's another question. Um, what do you find is the hardest component to implement in either of these applications? And have you have... Do you have any experience with, you know, using a component that might be more um, reliant on the physics engine, and how does that work in Tabletopia versus Tabletop Simulator? Ace, why don't you answer that one? So Tabletopia isn't really a physics engine. It is a web app that simulates certain physics, so it can make it look like dice are rolling. 
Whereas Tabletop Simulator is actually a sandbox physics engine. So you don't actually have to build a board game. You can play, um, you know, I don't know. You can play pool in there easily because mm -hmm. there are things where you can flick things around and kind of slingshot things around. So, um, so yeah, the, the physics are really easily done, I think, in TTS. It's just not quite yet there in Tabletopia. However, there are some elements that I think doesn't lend itself well to either one of these. And I think they're both implementing better tools for that. But things that are hidden are still super complicated to do. Um, so there, there exists a way to make things hidden now by creating like hidden areas in a table. But sometimes it gets a little clunky on. Oops, it slid outside of that. So that you know, now we've completely ruined that. But anything that has a hidden thing is a little bit more difficult to do. Yeah, um, and then also in in some cases, I've I've come across the, a couple three D objects that aren't aren't developed correctly, or there's there's a glitch or something um, that that don't import in very well. Okay, have you guys done a lot of modeling uh, to import into the Sims? So I I went to school for graphic design and three D animation, so I actually have a background in this. So with my services comes all three D. Uh, like custom meeple shapes and everything like that um, with very small amount of modeling. So I don't actually usually have a problem importing anything because I'm bu usually building it myself. And um, so I usually have a problem with that. But yeah, I, I actually really like creating custom 3D objects and then being able to screen print those. It's really cool for like promotional items or having the box on the actual table. And you see that a lot in a lot of the DLCs. Um, where you can see the front and back of the box, you know, on a little side table and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So if anybody needs any of that uh, customizable stuff, uh, don't look to me. Look towards uh, uh, Andrew there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why the man has like 30-odd games already mm -hmm. put up in there. But, but I, I do want to say, if you want to get into modeling, it's also very easy to do. It, like, you, it takes some time to learn it, but there are free tools um, to take a single line image and be able to extrude them and then import them in, similar to building cards. So, you know, okay. an hour or two learning it, and then you'll have even that. Down. Do you have a Do you have a, a a link or a name of an app or something that would help people do that? Yeah. So I use Blender. Blender is a three D animation um, tool. It's like open source and free to use. You can also edit videos in that because it does animation. Um, just as a side note. But um, I use uh, Inkscape, which is a free version of Illustrator, to take a um, like a pencil drawing or a line image and create a vector image, and then I import that into Blender and extrude that into 3D space and make sure the geometry is right, and then um, export that as a separate kind of file, which then gets imported into TTS. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, we have a couple more. We have a ton of questions. This is uh, a hot topic, apparently. Um, Andy is asking us Mac versus PC. Is there any difference for either of these um, platforms, Mac versus PC? What do you find? I'm a PC user only, so I really have no experience in Macs. Yeah, okay. I have I have no experience in Mac or in Macs, but uh, I was playing a game the other night with uh, five other people. And they somebody was on a Linux machine, and they okay. had yeah, um, they had issues originally, but they had found a workaround. Um, but I haven't I haven't seen or heard anybody complain that uh, they can't use either program in a in a Mac. 
Yeah, well, I mean, both both Mac and, and Linux, you can virtualize Windows and run them. So if you run into any problems, just virtualize it and you're fine. Yeah. And the other thing is that they, they're really um, browser-based for Tabletopia mm -hmm. and then Steam engined for Tabletop Simulator. So they're all running within a shell, uh, which means that if that shell works on your computer normally and they've been vetted for that particular browser or for Steam, then it should be compliant. <laughs> Although you can you can get Tabletopia on Steam as well, and I find that it's more stable in the Steam version instead of the web oh, version. Oh, really? I didn't know that. But I think that actually even the the Steam version is just a another web script. I think it's just a container to show does, the web. Does the Steam version? If you get the Steam version, can you then have people on the web version playing with you? Um, I couldn't tell you. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think you can. You can play it either way. Okay, good questions to ask when we find somebody who actually works for the company. Yeah. If, I asked somebody from the company to come on, but they they didn't reply. So, if you are an avid Chrome user, for example, um, you'll you'll run into problems on tabletop uh, or Tabletopia. I mean, so you really? have to use Fire, yeah Firefox, Firefox or Internet yeah. Explorer. So Weird. I do the same thing. I lose my mouse when I'm in Chrome, and it's super frustrating in table in mm -hmm. Tabletopia. But I so, love Chrome, but you know, hey. You see a lot of people here mentioning in the chat. It seems like Tabletop Simulator for the win, but it's so even though it's super easy to develop in Tabletop Simulator, making your playtesters have to pay for the license to even playtest. Sometimes it's easier to get playtesters in Tabletopia, and it and even it's frustrating for me as someone who's like, I don't want to develop your thing in Tabletopia. I only want to do it in TTS, and clients are like, uh, but we need it in Tabletopia because mm -hmm. it's free. Yeah. I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah. But yes, but yes. Uh, Ed has a question here. Ed and I are working on a lot of games together, as you guys probably know. And one of the games is like deck building, or well, not really deck building, but deck construction, and lots and lots of card manipulation. So we have problems with card manipulation in Tabletop Simulator, just due to just it being wonky with using a mouse to do things that takes mm -hmm. you like literally no time at all to do by hand that you have to you know cut the deck and sort through the deck and there are deck search tools in tabletop simulator which are great but <coughs> it's still not as good as you know touching the cards yourself do yeah. you guys find that it works better with uh, fine manipulations in tabletopia or is it even worse than tabletop simulator what are your thoughts I think that Tabletopia sometimes gets this more right than TTS because, again, TTS is a physics sandbox. Sometimes those physics go awry. Like sometimes oh, you'll place so. one card on top of another card, and it just creates a stack that's not actually a stack, but just two cards sideways. Yeah, and, and then sometimes really you'll, you'll end up flipping over a card that you didn't mean to flip over because you, right. it ended up on the angle on a, so, on a table, right? Sometimes that messes up, whereas Tabletopia, it's really smooth because it's like not actually physics-based. Right. It's just like if you put something in a deck, it actually goes to the deck, and that's really yeah. beautiful that way. Although your deck your deck manipulation options are a lot less in Tabletopia than they are. Mm -hmm. um, I find, uh, and because I switch back and forth, design in one and play in the other, and vice versa. Um, sometimes I'll I'll bring a card down towards me, and it'll accidentally go to that hidden area, and mm -hmm. it'll disappear, or it'll go somewhere underneath something and, and you'll be like, well, where did it go? And, you know, at the end of the game or something, you're like, oh, there it is. It's over here in the corner underneath, you know, a player board or something like that. It's uh, it's definitely like 
not perfect. And and given my options, I would always rather play in bulk. Almost always, that is. Um, over playing virtually, but sometimes you just can't. Sometimes, you know, that fine manipulation of decks sometimes gets wonky, but to me, it's it means I can play test a thing that doesn't exist in real life and that makes it worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it's funny. Uh, Michael Eskew is on. He said, hey, it's Ace. Um, Michael Eskew is the designer of Dark Rock Ventures, which is, I think, one of the things, one of the many things that connects Ace and myself and Michael together is that I was playtesting it, uh, Ace developed it, Michael's the designer of it, and so we, we've all been connected through, obviously, a lot of game stuff, uh, yeah. but that's one of it, is, is Michael is Michael's the, the glue that holds us together. <laughs> um, other things, so... <coughs> Things that I've noticed in uh, the simulator land, you know, when you're playing it, um, there's there are some funny things that happen that are incongruous with how you would do it in like a paper-based system or cardboard-based system. Mm -hmm. um, there are some really strange things that happen with like stacking and amalgamating stuff together. Um, that is, I think, part and parcel of your right, Ace, of it being first and foremost actually a physics and physics engine that we're kind of co-opting in a right. weird way, and so we get all these things where it's actually difficult to do it in tabletop simulator, not because of anything you're doing particularly, but because of the way the object's being interpreted by the engine that you're running it in. Mm -hmm. So there are those parts there, I think, that are, are problematic. <laughs> Excuse me, but. <clears throat> Not super, not so much so that I don't want to do it. Um, but I think going back to an earlier question, mm -hmm. Tabletop Simulator is always updating. And they're mm. always trying to fix things. They're always like giving us more tools. It's like a constant learning curve on what is now available that wasn't last week. And sometimes those updates break the physics on certain things. Like when it first was created, um, you could build a dice tower in, that worked really well. But then it started breaking other things, so they had to stop letting objects go inside of other objects and then fall through <laughs> them. But then they've recently started adding them back in. So um, both of these tools are developing, and they're getting better over time. Even Tabletopia, which was super unstable for me in the beginning, it just was it just never worked on any um, browser, is becoming more and more stable as it goes on. So we're kind of in the early yeah. days of, mm -hmm. of these tools. Oh yeah, these are these are fairly new things uh, right. that people are really just picking up on in terms of doing self development. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, any time of the day that I'm on the sim and I, I I've logged, I don't know, hundreds of hours on Tabletop Simulator. Um, mm -hmm. There's people looking for anybody want to play Go, anybody want to play chess, and I know it's a lot mm -hmm. of that, but still, there's probably a lot of us doing development all the time. Um, John's asking some more questions from the top of his list. Um, let's see here. Um, in an industry that pr prides itself on the advancement of heightening the social experience through face-to-face -face gaming, how do you think digital board games fit in? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, found, um, <clears throat> I found, like, for example, the game that uh, we played, it was uh, a pirate, uh, Dead Man's Balloons, <laughs> and it's it's going to be published at some point, we, we hope. It's got a publisher. But at first, because we didn't know each other, we were kind of shy. And uh, to start the game, you had to, in your, your greatest uh, pirate voice, go, Arr! And because we didn't know each other, it kind of prohibited some of that. 
Um, but then as the game progressed, you know, we felt a lot more comfortable with each other and, and we had a lot of fun. We were laughing and joking. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think as people, and shooting. Don't, don't forget the shooting. We were shooting. Each yeah. Other. Yeah. We were shooting each other. That's part of the fun. Boom. Um, as we get more used to this sort of thing, um, you'll have less inhib inhibitions um, and, and open up. Mm -hmm. so. I think for me, I think I hear a lot of complaints because um, I'm always like bashing this kind of technology. Like, come on, let's play, let's play. And I hear a lot of people who complain they don't want their games on virtual systems. They want to play in pulp and only in pulp. But I don't think this actually takes away from that social experience. I think this only adds to it. And what, what I'm talking about specifically is some people can't play in person. Mm -hmm. Some people can only play virtually. And for the people who could play both, doing one doesn't stop you from doing the other. So I have my game night, which I'm going to right after this, and I'm still going to game with my friends. However, this only adds to my optional uh, options of gaming, so maybe after I've gone to bed. But um, for a perfect example, what I'm talking about is um, kind of early on in my uh, use of TTS, um, one of the fans of the show that I do, the Nerd Nighters, um, was in the hospital uh, with leukemia, and she was in there for like nine months. And she, she had a really weakened immune system, which is what leukemia does. And she couldn't, she's a big board gamer, and she couldn't get out to play games with her friends. So what I did was I asked her what some of her favorite games was were, and I created those in TTS so that we could play with her so she could still have a game night. And that would not have been possible. I didn't know that. That would not have been possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, it just adds more options for being social. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Without the, the programs, there was no way that I would ever play a game with Sin unless we met at a convention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, Ed asked the question I was just about to ask because I don't know how Tabletopia works. I, I, that is a goal for this year is to learn how it works. Does it offer scripting? And if so, which do you find better or easier to use? Because scripting in TTS can be a little bit burdensome in terms of having to have everything in the right area at the right time, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it works. And yeah. so we use it. Um, have you guys done any scripting in Tabletopia? And if so, is it easier, better, worse, et cetera, et cetera? What do you think, Robert? Um, I'm not a programmer um, by any means. Um, and the few things that I have found, I found help to get me started and to, to get through any issues or problems. Um, and I, I don't have much comparison any, any way to say that one's better or different than the other, um, except that I'm not a programmer and I can do the things that, that I'm being asked to do. Okay. So, but, but I'm not actively out trying to implement some, some deeper scripting type tools or. Okay. Uh, Andrew, what have you done scripting wise? That's okay. So really like I said before in the early, in the, in the beginning of the show is I came from Vassal. And Vassal had a pretty <laughs> yeah. hard rule, not it's not a rule, a culture around not scripting your games. Now the games, you had to program them and it took forever to do, but the end result needed to be a table that didn't have things automated. That was what the culture surrounded. Right. You wanted right. to simulate, like if you're playing on a table, the table doesn't do things for you, right? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in that culture and and in Tabletop Simulator, it kind of continued to that. Um, I don't want my games to do things like an app would. I don't want when I 
push this button, a bunch of things to happen. That's just how I do things. Um, now, they have recently added scripting, Luau scripting, to TTS. But again, I haven't used it, and I haven't had any reason to use it because I'm not trying to... If I want to create an iOS app, I would create an iOS app, right? This is a different experience. I want to simulate sitting around a table, playing at a table. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, I'll give you an example. So in one of our games, you have to count off cards off the top of your deck and keep some to one side and some to the other. Mm -hmm. And so with the physics engine, it's really painful to do this because uh, you have to flip every card and do all these things. So what Ed has done, he's actually automated the system so that it auto counts for you based on right. what the card types are. So we have to kind of register each card as a type mm -hmm. from a deck, and then the script counts those things. Uh, and it's something you can do in like 0.2 of a second in real life, but in Tabletop Simulator, it takes us probably a minute to do damage that way, right? Each time you're right. doing it. Because then you have to then collect all the cards up, put some of them back, put some of them on the bottom of the deck, and all these things that when you're manipulating physical real objects, it's simple, easy. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing it virtually, it becomes very difficult. And so that's why we use scripting in some of the things. Have you done any scripting like that, Andrew? No, I, I haven't come into, like, no one has asked me to do that. So usually when I'm presented with a problem that is more complicated to do virtually, I will create a simpler system for doing it, whether that's counters on the side that maybe don't come with the regular game oh, or okay. maybe some kind of... Um, because in TTS, you, you can have timers and you can have counters, uh, literally like um, chess counters and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and what I find is if it's, if it's not intuitive to do simply, sometimes it's easier to implement the change in the pulp version of the game too. Now what you're saying seems like it makes more sense because it's easy to take cards off the deck, but like if it's complicated to do virtually, I will try to like get rid of that. I'll try to um, develop that out of the design anyway. You know what I'm saying? For, for a personally designed game. Yeah, I think that, that could work out well. Um, David is asking how do both systems handle timers, like sand timers and whatnot? You started to allude to chess clocks and whatnot. So TTS has some really amazing tools built in. You can literally have a timer in it. So it looks like a clock and it can either count down or it can count up or it can just tell you the time. But there's also crazy things in TTS, like <laughs> an iPad. You can have a yeah, tablet an iPad. It's yeah. in the game for the rules or you can play literally the table can be a tablet. So whatever you can design on a web page, you can have on this tablet. In fact, you can play a Tabletopia game in TTS on the table. Um, yeah. Which Are you is serious? Nice. Yeah. yeah, you can that's be in a game in a game. Right. That's kind of meta, man. That's, that's a little inception. So, I mean, it handles timers really easily. I mean, you can... Okay. You know. And then Tabletopia? Does Tabletopia handle timers differently? Yeah, you, you, have, you have to be a, um, a, the, the platinum or the gold member, the uh, highest level subscriber, to get some of those custom... Um, objects and and things like that going, mm -hmm. so but yeah, it's it's fairly easy to implement and, and throw in there. Okay, Ed is now saying that there's a really good timer on Steam Workshop from a user called Mr. Stump. So so Mr. we should Stump. probably we should probably mention that something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what Robert just mentioned is if you're the higher tier paid member in Tabletopia, you get access to certain kind of tools. Because membership has its, has its privileges. <laughs> right. This is totally different in TTS. In TTS, you pay for the program. With that program, you can do anything you want with it. 
including download anything from the Steam Workshop, where there are users who do some really, really crazy things. If oh, you man, want to try a game, that. it's probably already existing there. Yeah, MTT yeah. is already there. So, yeah, the, the big conflict, or not conflict, but the, the drama or the uh, discussion, the both sides of the argument right now is in Tabletop Simulator, you're dealing with IP infringement is, is the concern. And in Tabletopia, that workshop is not there for you to right. just go go grab and make, and just borrow whatever you want. Most games are licensed on Tabletopia, <coughs> whereas not all of them, mostly they're not in TTS. Yeah. Right, because the DLC is actually paid content that you'd have to do separately from buying the engine. But the um, argument there, I think, is um, there's always going to be ways to play games for free. There are a ton of websites that you can already do it. There was there was been programs for years and years and years mm -hmm. for playing games for free. This has always existed. In Vassal, um, even Fantasy Flight would allow their games to be put on there as long as certain parts of the text were not added. And right. now, and I'm not going to mention specific publishers on how their stances now, but almost all publishers are very aware of the um, the free versions of their games on TTS, and most of them have a very clear stance of ignoring it. Because mm -hmm. if they make us, if they like come up publicly acknowledging it, then um, they're not defending their IP. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it is great marketing tools. It is a try it before you buy it because everyone who's going to play in pulp would rather play in pulp. The people who are going to buy the game are going to buy the game. The people who are never going to buy the game, we're never going to buy the game. Um, so maybe right? Some maybes mm -hmm. that you want to hit. You yeah yeah yes maybes. <laughs> but what it does is. For the people who are on the fence, if they can try it and they fall in love with the game, they're more apt to buy it. So it actually leads to more sales. And for an independent developer, it's just always great to have your game available. So, mm -hmm. yeah. The other thing that, I mean, this is kind of going along with what you do, Ace, is as a Kickstarter tier or as a Kickstarter pre, before we release the game, you get to play it on Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia. Right. I mean, that's that's a huge, huge benefit. Um, and if the art's already done, the game rules already done, they've been released, like you said, to make and do a little bit of maybe some, some scripting for a game to run well, it's not a huge endeavor uh, anymore. I mean, it's still obviously something that you need to pay somebody like Ace for, but it's not something that is unthinkable. And so, are do you find Ace that more and more companies are doing that through Kickstarter as well, like saying, "Hey, we'll offer a, a TTS version." So, so I see a lot of people who do this either um, as an alternative to a print and play. Um, they will clients will come to me asking for me to build this for their users. But mm -hmm. some companies who are afraid of piracy or afraid of giving out their game for free, they will pay me to create their module and keep it secret. Mm -hmm. And then only we will play that publicly um, so that other people can see it being played. It's used literally as a marketing tool. Um, this is how it goes. You can ask us questions live. And some of those companies don't ever want their games published on them. Mm -hmm. But, um, but a module exists, yeah. Right. Yeah. And That's then there are certain publishers who, again, I won't say names, that literally will take pitches in TTS who won't, Put their games on the paid DLC or anything like that, but I know that they use them for development purposes. So I mean, mm -hmm. there's lots of ways to use this. 
even if you you know don't want to make your stuff public. Yeah. Oh yeah. What, I, what I'm saying is is like in table uh, Tabletopia, is you can set up different uh, different setups. So right. if you have uh, a four player game, you can have a setup for a you know a one player game, a setup for a two player game. And what I've I've suggested to you know like maybe some Kickstarter people is just create the demo of your game. You don't have to put the whole thing out there. Um, right. You know, stack the deck as you want it. You know, to show people how to play, and and make that free and, and available to use. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because that could be a really good almost walkthrough tactile mm -hmm. experience or semi-tactile, virtually tactile. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people, even in their print and plays on uh, Kickstarters, like for the $1 Kickstarter mm -hmm. print and play level, a lot of those aren't the full game either. They're just like, this is what we have art for. This is enough pieces to get you going. You know, the full game will come out when the full game comes out. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, what are your thoughts on the subscription service that Tabletopia runs by versus the buy it once and you're done with simulator Thoughts. Robert what do you think <laughs> well I've mentioned it a couple times or at least once and I'm trying to pull up here on the second screen the subscription levels um, I've, I've never been a fan of subscription type services um, you know so like playing massively online RPGs you know I, I never played because I didn't like giving up my $15 a month or my $9.99 a month so tabletopia or tabletop simulator was the, the choice for me right away um, and I I paid in to the subscription on Tabletopia off the bat um, during the Kickstarter at a fairly high level because I, I kind of liked what in theory they had going. That is, um, all the money gets pooled from all of the tiers, and then they'd calculate how much percentage of time is being played on what games, and they dole that money out to the developers of those games, to the publishers of those games saying your game was played 50% of the time, so you get 50% of X amount of dollars. And in theory, that would be great if it was really successful. However, they made it free to play. So I think that in itself says that it was a failing model. Mm -hmm. It wasn't sustainable. Um, and really the most popular part of Tabletopia was the free aspect. Um, even originally, um, if you had a certain level of paid membership, you can invite non-paid people to play. And that yeah. was what was happening all the time. So they just made yeah. it pretty much all free to play, ex unless you wanted those free tools. So, um, you know, yeah, and, I, and, I don't think a lot of people are paying into it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. In addition, um, you had to have a subscription service as a player. And then if you wanted to develop, you had to have another subscription. Yes. And now all it's right. all rolled in, right? Yeah. So there's a, a, for players, there's bronze, silver, and gold. And I'm looking at it now. The bronze level is free. And for the designers, there's a basic, advanced, and pro. And the basic for designers is free as well. So those first tier levels, those those cheaper levels are are free now. This is like a drug. <laughs> Your first hit's free. Yeah. Um, and as a designer in Tabletopia, I think you're limited to what? Like one game with four setups? What is it? Yeah, so on the bronze level, um, as a designer, you can create one game with two setups. Oh, even less than I thought. Yeah, so then you go to the advanced for $9.99 a month. You can create five games with five setups. Mm -hmm. And and that seems to be pretty ideal, unless, you know, maybe like designers like yourself that are, um, you probably have several different designs that you're working on or, or in, in yeah. progress. Um, you'll reach that max of five pretty fast. Yeah, when when what happens to the games when you run over your max? Do you... 
do they go away? Do you lose access to them? What if I stop paying subscription one month and then want to jump back on? Yeah, I'm not quite. Those are. I'm not quite. The answer. This is the answer. If you're gonna pay ten ninety nine a month for anything, buy TTS once. Do all of your development. And then if you have a game that you think is going to be financially successful on a virtual system, have a contract with Tabletopia. They will build the game for you in a really well-polished package, and you'll just get a certain percentage of it. And don't even mess with development through Tabletopia because you've already yeah. wasted the money that would have taken to do it all in TTS anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Spent. Well spent. Not wasted. Well spent. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, Ed has a question. How long does it take to build a game? Say, Ticket to Ride. Okay. Let's do a little bit of uh, a mind experiment. Uh, for me, it would take me probably twice whatever it takes Ace. Okay, so Ace, what do you think it takes you? To build I mean, Ticket to Ride? so from a consultant standpoint, this can completely vary. Now, am I scanning your cards for you? Is a graphic designer giving me the card layout that he would send to a printer? Is he giving me the individual images? Are you asking me to custom model the the train train pieces? Yeah. Or are we using generic cubes? Do you know what I'm saying? Like a oh, game yeah. can take forty hours to build and it be beautiful, or it can take me two hours and it be enough. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I'm I'm in the school of enough. <laughs> right. Totally. Like my stuff is awful looking. But it works. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've had games that have taken me a half hour to build. And, and for the most part, I, I, I say about 10 hours for yeah. a, like a, a really well done one. Yeah. Okay. So if Ticket to Ride, if, if somebody as a client came to me and they have a train game with the same components on Tabletopia, like I said, in, in my contract, and I let them know in advance that I want the, the assets ready to go. Um, so Ticket to Ride, there's a board, there's trains, there's cards. Um, what that's, other? Com- that's kind of it. Yeah, so I would say three to four hours, um, and that's that's with space in case there's problems and issues. That's if they have assets ready for you. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of what I do is is um, doing the assets for them. A lot of a lot of my clients come to me with nothing but a print and play or a uh, what they've the files they've sent to the printer. They will just literally share the Dropbox folder that they shared with Panda. And then I have to parse all that information. And so a lot of my time goes into digitally cutting those cards out. Even though I have a script in GIMP to do that for me, it still takes a lot more time than if you come and they're already, you know, done. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Even just rendering time is time, right? Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and so like in in Tabletop uh, Simulator, if I have a, let's say a pyramid, so that's just a a D4, for example, a pyramid. Um, if, If I take that into Tabletop Simulator... I can change the color on the fly. So if I have four different colors, yellow, red, green, and blue, I can do that in 10 seconds. In Tabletopia, I can't do that. I have to go in and then add another object, um, put a different layer um, of color onto that thing, and then import it in. (laughs) I think in Tabletopia, I have to, and and this goes when I have a client, I charge... um, the, the time that it takes me. And in Tabletopia is almost four to five times the length of time, almost always. Mm-hmm. Because changing one little thing, if if a client, if I show them and they, they well, I want this a little bit smaller. Okay, well, I'm going to have to redo all of that. You know, it's kind of a huge thing. But in Tabletop Simulator, you know, it's re- you do, really you do, you do resize things and things around. In yeah. fact, in from a development standpoint, a lot of times it helps inform 
the design a little bit. Well, those dice are true to what manufacturing standards are, but what if they were one notch bigger? Wow, that makes the game more playable. Why don't we include those dice instead of these dice? Or, you know, I just realized that those pips aren't showing enough, so why don't we switch to dice with numbers instead of pips or, or, or whatever, whatever the components mm -hmm. are, different player boards in, you know, size comparisons and stuff. Being able to virtualize that before it goes to print is um, smart. So you, you found that some publishers have actually made changes to the pulp paper version because oh, yeah. you digitized it first. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Complete, completely added components. Because again, they'll say, okay, we need this thing, and there's not a tool to make that thing happen, and I'm not going to script it. So I'll just say, well, we'll include these little bead counters or, or whatever. And then like, hey, this makes a lot of sense. We're going to do that instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Uh, Ed also asked, what improvements do you want to see the most on each of the platforms? I'm smiling at the question. <laughs> what do you think, Bob? Well, um, I would like to see an implementation of saving your game so you could do like legacy type games, or if you build a magic deck, your magic deck is saved. Uh, that would be kind of a cool implementation. Well, you can do that. You can do that in TTS at least, not in Tabletopia. You can well in Table yeah, Tabletopia you can save your game state because yeah, it saves you, the web page. In but you can't TTS, carry it over. Like if you made a change to you you put something on the board or you know, you rip a card up, um, that doesn't carry over to the next game necessarily. So I mean there's workarounds to that. You can save uh, them to your custom items and then uh, so I've definitely done that with cards. Uh, save everything as custom items so that way when next time I play it, I just load those custom items in it, it, as opposed to saving the game state. Um, but to your point with legacy things, a lot of legacy stuff requires stickering. And while you can in TTS attach things to other things, um, it's really complicated to do and it never works really well. It, and they're not thin as stickers. So being able to sticker things would be really awesome. That's like the <laughs> one barrier to creating legacy games that was the one problem i had with seafall is stickering so i had right. to create a bunch of cards individually That's... and it was a huge nightmare to do <laughs> um one of the things that i've wanted to do is um recently they've added uh where you can see each other's icons in the player spaces so you can see your steam um kind of user id like where a head would be Mm -hmm. But I would like video support. I want to see, if I look towards your side of the table, I want to see your webcam. Oh, you interesting. Know what I'm saying? So it feels yeah. like we're more around the table. And then, but, but in, then wouldn't we want the voice through there then? Probably, probably. You know, yeah. like if you're going to go all out, go no, we're, all going, out. we're going pie in the sky here, right? right. We're, so we're going to say Berserk Games is going to buy Skype from Microsoft. Is what so we're in Tabletop say. Simulator, I guess we could each have, an, have our own tablet and we could have our camera output to the uh, yeah it would definitely crash the system but um so they also have virtual um reality um available in tts but i would like for that to be a little bit more robust so i want to be able to see hand tracking i want to see where your hands are on the table i want to see you actually manipulating pieces um and then you know Weird. see where i, I haven't even see seen what that looking. is that's very cool <laughs> And, and there are other tools for that. You can do that in Altspace VR, and you can play board games in Altspace, uh, which is like Tabletop Simulator, but in completely a virtual world. Right. But it's made for doing other things than playing board games, although you could play board games in there. And I want to see that implemented into TTS. That was what, <laughs> the two improvements I would like to see. Yeah. If I could um, I'm trying to think. One of the things 
that I would love to see in TTS. Oh, I had an answer, and then you went off on your your thing, and I said, "Oh, that's a good Sorry. idea too." No, 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 it was a good idea. So, but I had an idea. What do I want? To I would like customizable better? tables too. Currently, it's kind of a pain in the butt to model a new table, and even in the paid DLC, if you um, select the table, like you can select the table bottom and delete them, and you can realize that they just have a, a giant object sitting on top of one of their default tables. Um, I would like to see that. And then also custom lighting. You can change the lighting based on the background, and then you can add a custom background. But sometimes the lighting changes how the components look, both the um, the temperature of the lighting and um, the specularity of the lighting. I'd like to be able to customize lights yeah. to different things. So, some objects in Tabletopia you can add a glow to, so it, it'll almost like a spotlight to some right, degree. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. So there's a couple other things that, let's see if there's other questions here. Um, oh, uh, John is asking if anybody has, has messed around with advanced collision meshes in TTS. Yes. I, I have. I so when I did uh, battle stations, oh, they yeah, wanted right fully three-dimensional spaceships. And um, normally what I'll do is I will take a, like I said, I will take a vector image and I will ex, ex, um, extrude it. So it looks yep. like a custom meeple, although it still affects physics like it's a cube. Right. Um, so I have to take custom meshes sometimes to get things to pass through other things. Like, for instance, if I were to do your, um, your stacking aims, then it would, mm -hmm. it would require custom meshes. And it definitely works, although sometimes it doesn't always work. Because, right. like we said, even the table sometimes things fall through, or the board mm -hmm. some things fall through. So yeah. it's not it's not perfect, but it's you know hmm. it's definitely okay. doable. Yeah, I, I I was looking at that as an option. I said I don't even know what that means, and that <laughs> it did it. It's fine. Um, there are a couple other things I would like in Tabletop Simulator, though. I was, uh, just even an improvement, just an improvement. So um, Hacking Garter asks, what about a touch screen instead of a VR? Oh, yeah. I didn't see um, So you, you can use that Microsoft Surface, the old school. But, Robert, you were mentioning before we were live the the what, the what play table? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all I've seen are, are a few advertisements on, on, the face, on, on Facebook. And uh, the IGA, is, has the Indie Game Alliance, has reached out to them. And so if you're a member of IGA, you can get a small discount um, either to purchase it or to design. But I don't know anything about it. I'm I'm looking at some of the things. It's it's a built-in Android, um, so it's running on Android. It's a 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's it's a giant tablet that you play games on, and then yeah. you can also tie into that with your phone, and like have a deck of cards in your phone, and actually have minis that interact with the table versus near right. So it's very very like a like the Wii U with its right. separate little handheld console versus the big console right. that could be very cool <clears throat> there's um yeah and uh, you know what a touchscreen interface using a touchscreen interface like a surface or something would probably um you know make the tts experience or the tabletopia experience just that much better Mm -hmm. um, but there was something else that I can't think about. I'll have to remember. So um, I have it. My my monitor is touchscreen. I bought a very expensive, fancy touchscreen monitor for doing graphics and doing graphic design work. And I've honestly, other if I'm not drawing, which I'm not like an artist to draw things, mm -hmm. 
I honestly find the touchscreen, like, I think maybe Apple had it right in the beginning that, like, it's just not user-intuitive to touch a touchscreen unless it's laying down. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I think the world's not ready for that yet, you know, unless you're playing on an iPad, which is completely different than a virtual tabletop thing. Mm-hmm. It would cool. take a lot of development, I think, to get it to that point. Right. So it sounds like um, for all of all the people, at least at this panel, concerned um, that we're more on the side of TTS um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, I, you know, cost being one thing, mm-hmm. ease of implementation and development and changing within the system is another thing. Uh, the scripting seems to be a little bit more pro on the side of tabletop simulator but tabletopia also has some benefits in terms of it's free for your play testers or mm-hmm. um, you know you just can you can invite people into it as opposed to everybody having to buy something become friends on steam and use this whole other other implementation of a system right. in order to work <laughs> um, what are your what are your takeaways uh, Andrew, in terms of what would you tell somebody if they were thinking about digitally implementing something? Um, I think you should do it. I think that if you're a game designer, I think that it makes sense to do it digitally. Even if you also do it pulp, like if you have you know things on note cards, I think it just makes sense to do it. It just opens yourself up to more playtesting. It opens yourself up for more avail- availability to pitch your games virtually it's just there's no downside to it at all mm-hmm. in doing your games virtually. um you know like you said having a design partner that is not local mm-hmm. opens yourself up to more co-design ability so, so you can actually now play test with them together and it's just there's it's no... actually it's actually remarkable how late jay and i are to the game of virtual stuff like we we still i've made our games in tts we've never played our games in tts except the ones that ed helps us make that's crazy i know right (laughs) and yet we still have many games published yeah no no i mean i there's you can do it the old way obviously you can be wildly successful i'm just saying do it the old way, but also do it the new way. Like, yeah, it just we're, opens we're, up to more opportunity. We're definitely, we're definitely going to put more effort, especially now that Jay, his uh, twins are due anytime now. They might be due today, tomorrow, the next day. Definitely <laughs> by the 24th. They'll be here by the 24th for sure. I hope they're born and on the 24th. So, yeah, why? Is that your birthday? Yeah, it's my birthday. Oh, hey, that'd be so great. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, they're, they're going to be two boys, two twins, well, at least one of them should be named Hasten, so that'd be just perfect. <laughs> well, you know what? Jay is actually looking for names, so you can you can I'll message him. message him. Yeah, do that. But only if they're born on twenty fourth. Yeah, or or ah, one of them should be named Andrew, and the other one could be named Christopher. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm only asking for one. I don't want to. I don't want to be too much. Well, I said Sen, and he really wasn't down with that. So I don't. Oh. Know. Oh. I don't know. Some best friend. Eh? Um, and Robert, what are you hoping for? in the future from these types of digital platforms? What do you want to see? I want to see more uh, wide, widespread acceptance. Um, like like you're saying, you're you're late to the party. I'd like mm-hmm. to see more people get involved. Um, for me, it, it's great either platform because I can get to my mistakes faster. And I, I stole that phrase from uh, the guys on the uh, game design roundtable because um, they, they want to get to their mistakes in, in design as quick as possible mm-hmm. so they can fix them and get to the good parts of the game. 
And that's what I'm finding in using these digital tools is if I got an issue, I can find it faster. Um, I don't have to use pen and paper to, to rewrite cards or cut cards out again. I can just do it digitally and, and, and fix it faster and sooner and, and quicker. Mm -hmm. I, I do have a perfectionist problem uh, that I like things to look very perfect. And <laughs> mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've had to like stem that to make games and tabletop simulator. Even in your early prototype phases? Uh, yeah, just anything that other people see. But I'm, uh, but honestly, you know, well, you've seen my prototypes. I'm really not like that. Like, I don't care about art. Uh -huh. uh, I, I care about graphic design and I care about the layout of things. Mm -hmm. And so I want everything to work really well and look really good in terms of transference of information before I digitize it. And so I'm kind of going the opposite way for the next game we're working on, um, which I can't talk about, sorry. Uh, but <laughs> right, right, right. I'm going to digitize it first and we're going to make mistakes virtually um, because Jay won't have the uh, the playtesting opportunities once the boys are born. So yeah, we'll be a little more stuck to virtual world. So it's a good timing for us as well to get into that. But I think based on our conversation, I'm just going to stick with uh, TTS for a while. I, I was thinking of trying out uh, Tabletopia just to give it a shot. But um, you know what? I'll just buy copies of Tabletop Simulator for the people who need to play test that don't own it. Mm -hmm. It's exactly I, what I, I do. Like yeah. absolutely yeah. need to buy, need to play test it with me, like the IP holder or whatever. You're just, you know, you're paying me anyways. Here's ten bucks worth of. When it's simulator. when it's cheap, I grab a bunch of copies, and then if you're gonna play test with me, I just hand them out. Yeah. yeah. Like if I'm pitching, like candy. if I'm pitching, I'm obviously paying for you to have a client. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I, it's I, a, yeah. Go ahead. I think in the long run, if, if you're going to go into putting your game publicly out there, you're going to put it on Tabletopia because they don't have that workshop that you could you could steal you know your your IP from. Yeah, I think that I think Tabletopia is still a great tool. I think it's oh. just an end term tool, like when you're done. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. maybe what I'll do is when I'm done, I'll pay somebody else to put it into Tabletopia for me. Or Tabletopia will do it for you. Like they have great terms. Oh, they they, they have like a they yeah. have like a pay system. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Andy's asking some more questions. Okay, so, um, or maybe that isn't. Maybe he's just yelling the word art at me. I think he's just yelling the word art at me. Art, 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 art. It, Andy being the artist on a, on some projects that we're, we're talking about working together on some stuff, um, and you know, me and art is a bad thing, because uh, if it did have art it would have to be the right art exactly the right art and i'd get stuck in that little wormhole of artness um <laughs> oh uh hakan is saying that he doesn't like the way that small text looks on either platform and i agree uh, a lot of times it's really hard to read stuff and that's why the alt key is your best friend yeah mm -hmm. alt key is your best friend on that on tts um <clears throat> now there's sometimes that it won't work like if you are trying to look at the board you can't mm -hmm. alt but for most things, Alt will orient things in the right way to you, show it a lot larger, and clear things up really nicely. So yeah, that's a good thing. It's spacebar in Tabletopia, so you just hover over the, the item that you want to zoom in on, and it comes up to your face and back down. Both tools have some really important um, quick key things that you can do. If you learn them, it will make your life better. You know, Hitting Z to zoom in on things, hitting spacebar to re- um, focus the screen on TTS. There's a lot of ways. Yeah, spacebar and alt are my favorite things. Shortcuts to slide things underneath things, add things to the bottom of a deck instead of on top of the deck. 
all kinds there's, of cool shortcuts. Oh, that's cool. I should learn that one. Now, if, you, if you're playing a game that requires die rolling um, or even, you know, a, a game that's mostly dice, the it's much more fun to play in Tabletop Simulator because in Tabletopia, when you hit the R button to roll, it just shoots up about this far and does a little flip-flop and lands. And when it lands, it does its random rotate. It's just oh. not. It's just not as satisfying like it is in uh, in tabletop simulator. In TTS, you can literally throw the dice, or mm -hmm. you can roll them. But even when you're rolling them with the R button and you have multiple dice selected, they're still physics objects. So when they fall, they can collide. They can bounce around, and where they land is where they land. Which just yeah, you do not get that enjoyment at all in uh, tabletop. Very much visceral in TTS. Yeah. There, there, there is some fun stuff about TTS. Like you can throw stuff, you can flip the table. I mean, that's kind of fun, <laughs> right? Um, I've never used it for playing an RPG on, but I mean, there's lots of models that are actually animated. So there's some fun stuff I think there. I think there are um, better tools if you're going to play a role-playing game. I think oh, me too. we didn't, we didn't talk. We can do a whole show on Roll Twenty, but if you're going to be doing a role-playing game, just use Roll Twenty. It's much better than TTS. Yeah, is. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Cool. All right. Well, it is 10 past the hour, and I don't have a co-host, so there's not going to be an after show this time, just like there wasn't last time. Uh, we'll get back to the after shows once Dale gets back. He's, you know, he's a big talker, so got lots to say, that guy. Um, anyways, thanks so much to uh, Bob and to Ace for coming on the show. It was really informative. I learned a ton about the stuff that I didn't know about. <laughs> I confirmed my suspicions that I'm going to stick with TTS for a while until... Uh, maybe something needs to be presented to a wider audience that um, I don't want to buy copies of TTS right. for. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that it is going to be sort of the way of the future that I, I've already pitched to a publisher over TTS. I play test with my publishers over TTS and it's going really well. I mean, they ca it captures the essence of the game and if there are users who have used this system enough they can realize you know where the differences are i think that's kind of critical i would probably not pitch to somebody over tts who's never used tts before mm -hmm. right but, i've definitely uh, done it I've, I've had like a little info session on how to use it and yeah. uh mainly because i'm usually pitching both my services and my game yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> if i show them the services they're like oh my god i want to do this or whatever I don't want your game at all, but your services? I'll take that. <laughs> that has literally happened. Not interested <laughs> in your game, but can you do what you just did for your game for, for every for single our, one of them? For our games? better games? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, hey, listen. <laughs> I just works. It. Yeah, man. It's, it's the money. hook. It's the hook to get them in, right? Right. <laughs> there you go. Oh, last question. Um, what about flicking? Absolutely <laughs> works in TTS. Works great. Yeah, I like flicking in TTS. I'll flick things that aren't supposed to be flicked, and it's super fun that way, too. Yeah, I, usually yeah, lock, yeah. I usually turn it off because everyone wants to flick things. Yeah. Yeah, mess oh, with yeah. your opponents and your players. Yeah, and you cannot flick in Tabletopia. Is that true? No, no. Oh, uh, you know, something we should mention, and this is yeah. one of the things that makes TTS worth buying and playing with, is at the end of the game, you can flip the table. It is one of the most satisfying things in the world, if you lose, you can flip the table. If you're angry in the middle of a game, you can flip the table and then control Z to undo it. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's just so good. Yeah. It's so it, good. Is, it is satisfying. It's, it's fun just to sandbox in there, just throw tons of things out, out on, the, on the screen and just mess with them. I do. Before we go, I do want to mention, too, if you guys are not going to play virtually, <laughs> I know we're going long. No, it's but okay. 
I do a lot of uh, tabletop simulator in my house. So when we play like uh, Mansions of Madness 2.0, I dual screen it so that one screen is TTS, one screen is the app on Steam, um, and I don't have to put any of the pieces away when I'm done. Yeah. So oh, I own a copy of the game, but I'm also just playing it virtually. You know, we will play with my kids a board game in the living room on the TV on TTS sometimes. And, you know, it's just hmm. easy to do. That's interesting. Yep. You're living in the digital age, my friend. I am. That's, that's how my kids just, that's how they think. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We'll see you in one week's time. Daryl will be back from the Dominican Republic, so he might be slightly tanned. I don't know. Um, Ace, it was great to see you again. Uh, Robert, it was good to see you, sir. Finally see you face-to-face -face instead of yes. just this voice that I play tabletop <laughs> simulator games with. And best of luck to everybody in getting their games published and getting their games pitched and even just playtesting. Even if you're just doing it to playtest and see if an idea is sticking, uh, like Ace says, try virtual. I think you might like it. So exactly. for anybody who hasn't done it, um, I think it's definitely worth the investment of the, at the most, 20 bucks and a couple hours of time. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. What else can you say? Just it's, it's like your week's worth of coffee to see if it's something that a tool that will work for you. And it's really actually, uh, oh, uh, one thing I will say uh, before we leave again <laughs> is definitely look for other tutorials than the Tabletop Simulator's official ones uh, yeah. for some of the tutorials because sometimes the people who are doing the tutorials outside of the official ones will tell you the tips and tricks that deal with using other software. Yeah. Which is important because it's, it's almost like if you had a suite of tools, they'd be from maybe three or four separate publishers. And right. that would actually make a really complete set of tools for you to use TTS with. Yeah. Cool. yeah Tabletopia right, though, they're, they're, the Tabletopia's built-in tutorials are great though. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, and that's what I, I heard. It's really easy to make something in Tabletopia, but maybe well, just longer. Yeah. Process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we will shut up now because otherwise we're just going to keep on going. So next week, uh, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, be here for Meeple Syrup. Um, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Monday, be here for Game Dojo. Uh, Ace, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, tomorrow I'm actually doing a uh, game on TTS. I'm going to be Twitch streaming it tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time on my Twitch channel, which is DFW Nerd Night. Um, just kind of showing off uh, another one of Michael Eskew's games, Trash Pandas. So kind of yeah, showing you. Nice. Right. See, we're connecting Eskew and Indiegogo, TTS. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. Uh, Robert, anything you need to, you need to pitch? No, um, just if you're on Facebook, look us up on the uh, Tabletopia and uh, Tabletop Simulator playtest group, and uh, hopefully you'll find uh, some playtesters for the game that you're getting ready to develop or implement on digitally. Yeah, awesome. And I will say one more thing is that the <laughs> one of the only subscriptions I do have is my pat Patreon to uh, D DFW Nerd Nights. Oh, oh wow. That is, cool, thank that's, you. That's, that's, I don't subscribe to anything. I didn't realize that. that was still a thing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that money's going somewhere. I know. All right, we'll see you guys later. Nice to talk to you. Good to chat to everybody on the feed. We'll see you later. Bye.